Hey, um, I wish you a very, very strong and blessed new year. Uh, this is, uh, I mean, for me, what I love about our God, you know. Even though we went to a very crazy year last year, every one of us, the whole world was like in the pandemic shock. But for me, what I love, it's the Bible verse, the joy in the Lord is my strength. Uh, often you read this because you're going to vacation, you build a new house, you have a new girlfriend, then it's pretty easy to quote that Bible verse, right? But last year in that crisis, I could say in the end of the day, it doesn't matter what kind of a circumstance I face, the joy in the Lord is and will always be my strength. That means our foundation is real. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's give for that fact God a big round of applause because He is and always will be. Come on, church. Come on. Hey, we start a brand new series about prayer like never before. And my topic is how to pray for healing. I would love to speak about healing. I know healing is a big topic. I know healing is a very controversial topic. Healing, you can buy a lot of books. You can listen to a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of uh, meanings about that topics. And I think for me as a pastor, I really do believe God is a healer. God has a business card, and on the business card is, is written, I am a healer, I am Yahweh Rapha, God the healer. God can do more than we can think or imagine. He is a healer. But you have to understand, healing is not just only we pray for each other, then we heal. It's often more about my heart. God wants to heal first my heart, and then often God will heal also my body. I want to start with a quote I read in social media. It's, Actually, no-brainer. But in that quote, it says, every miracle in the Bible started first as a problem. Have you ever thought about it? That every miracle we read in the Bible started first with a problem. And I know everyone in this room watching online, you have a problem. Maybe not one problem, you have problems. Here's good news. If you have a problem, God will turn that problem into a miracle. Because God is a miracle-working God. And I want to speak to you about how can we be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. There are two different effects we are facing. The point number one is there's a collective effect of sin. The collective effect of sin means when Adam and Eve sinned, they failed. Sickness came into the world. A lot of things we are facing right now, it's not my fault, it's not your fault, it's just from the fall of the man. That means even the nature is, is suffering, even the trees, even society is, is, is longing for redemption. That means when a tree is born, a tree is born, it's growing, and the pollution, it's not the fault of the tree, it's from the fall of the man. That means the collective effect of sin has always something to do with us. Why I'm saying that right now? Because there are something, people in our church, they have a baby. And that baby is born with a limitation. They did nothing wrong. They did nothing wrong and say, God, why in the world is, has my girl or my boy a limitation? And they are fighting and struggling and wondering why in the world. That means we are living in a fallen world. The fallen world is not a problem for God. God can turn a fallen world into a holy world. That's not a big deal. But often we don't understand there are two parts of the collective sin effect and also my individual effects of sin. I want to start with a Bible verse I, I, wrote, I read that uh, maybe some months ago. It's in Second Chronicle chapter 7, verse 13. 
And here you can see a collective effect of sins. When I shoot up the heavens, so there is no rain. Check this out, no rain. Or command locusts to devour the land or send a pledge among my people. Three things. No rain. Let it rain. No grasshoppers or locusts. And here no pledge. The Bible is saying, in that land, there has been also some Christians, they believed in God. They lived a holy life. They did nothing wrong. God will say, I will do it collective for everyone and each one. And that's often not fair. When I read that Bible verse, I thought, oh my gosh, three things. Some month later, God gave me the revelation that in the year 2020, these three things happened. Australia, fire, grasshoppers in Africa, and also the coronavirus around the world. And here is a small clip where you see the three things that God has said already in the Old Testament hit us last year in a very, very hard way. I mean, the Bible speaks about these three things in year 2020, in, in January, in, in February, and then in March, the, the whole world was under shock. Now, what is the link from that news to the healing thing in our lives or to our problem that God turns our problem away? It's the position. How can I position myself when there is such a thing as a collective effect of sin? What is my position? position? What can I do? And I want to read, lead you in the book of Revelation because in the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, God is saying there will come a pledge where one third of the population will be killed. That means no mask, no social distance, shutdown and slowdowns and overdowns will work. That means one third of the populations will die because of a virus. And when you study the book of Revelation, never says, get up and stand up and fight for the mask, fight for the social distancing, fight against the government. You will not find once that, that calling from God. When you read and study the book of Revelation, and this has so much more to do with whole, uh, healing, re, the book of Revelation. Re, Revelation. Two things the Bible is saying. Revelation means, the book of Revelation, first, get ready, check your heart, be on 
fire. Seven times God is speaking to the churches and says, get ready, be on fire, be full of Jesus Christ. And then the second thing God is saying in the book of Revelation, share the gospel, spread the word of God around the world. You see the same thing when Jesus Christ came on earth, the Jewish people, they believed the Messiah will come and the Messiah, they will redeem them from the Roman government because they had to pay too much taxes. They were, have been slaves in, in their land and they believed when Messiah will come, he will redeem them, free them from the Roman people. He will say, fight against the Roman people. Jesus came and the shocking news was he preached about get ready, get right with the love of God and go out into the world and share the gospel to every nation. When we face a collective effect of sin, my position is not fighting against government. It's more like get ready in my heart, be right in my heart and share the gospel to those people that never heard about Jesus Christ. We are called to bring healing to our neighborhoods, healing to my friends, healing to my work colleagues. That's the part number one. The part number two is my individual effect of sin. Every doctor, if you speak with them, we have a lot of doctors in our church and I ask everyone, they're saying 80% of all the sicknesses you have comes from yourself. You're not sleeping well, you eat junk food, you smoke too much, you're not, you, know, you have stress, you have some worries, you have some doubts, you have some jealousy, and those things have always a big effect on my own body, in my own soul. The collective effects, maybe I have no, no, no impact, but my own life, I have always an impact. This is the mirror principle. The mirror, principle, uh, the mirror principle means I look into the mirror and there's a lot of things in my life. It's very obvious, right? Uh, I see every wrinkle and every, everything in my life. If you say, oh, I am perfect, uh, then ask your wife. Or you say, oh, I, I am almost Superman, then ask your kids or ask your small group leader. They, they, they will find out a lot of things. It's not okay in your own life. The mirror principle just means I look into the mirror and a lot of things are obvious. I don't sleep well or I don't eat good. I am worried. I'm afraid of the coronavirus. All those things has always a big effect on my health, right? But there are some blind spots I cannot see. And here is always my advice to you guys. When you're using the mirror principle, then ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, here am I. Is there anything, it's my fault that I am sick. Is there anything, it's my fault, I caused that sickness. And I am quiet and I'm listening to the Holy Spirit because I cannot see my blind spot, but the Holy Spirit sees everything. You know, I did that some month ago. Um, the last year I was often sick, not, not really sick, a little bit fever, but not a lot of fever, always like between I could work because it was not a big deal. But for month and month and month, I never felt so well and strong and vibrant. And one day I did the mirror, mirror principle. I said, Holy Spirit, I don't get it. Why in the world I'm always sick? Is there anything I did that causes my sickness? And I heard the word, keep the Sabbath. Keep the, the day of the Lord and rest for your body and your soul. 
My response was, but Holy Spirit, I travel around the world. I fly and do this and that and that. And it reminded me about something. If you keep the Sabbath, it will be have an effect on your soul and your spirit. And from that day on, I confessed my sin to Jesus, said, I am so sorry because I have forgotten to keep the Sabbath really consistently. And I said, from now on in my agenda, I put the Sabbath in my agenda and do nothing, not even preaching, teaching. I rest for my soul and my body. This has nothing to do with the collective effect of sin. Sometimes it's my own failure. And the Holy Spirit is absolute a genie in terms of giving you a revelation. In, in James chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, you can find the same principle again. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them. Anoint them with oil. This is what we want to do today. In the name of the Lord. And, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. Now comes, if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. You see, the two things in that Bible verse, often there is a sin and comes a sickness. Don't misunderstand me. You cannot lose your salvation. You are, your name is written in the book of life. We are redeemed. We are sons and daughters of the Lord. That's for sure, right? But still we can do, even though it's a believer, certain things, it causes in us sicknesses. The collective sin, I position myself, get ready and share the word of the Lord, even in those seasons. But the individual sins means for me, I ask the Holy Spirit for a revelation and I want to be strong and fit. Susanna, um, last year during the COVID season, I mean, it's not over yet, um, God gave you and me a really a revelation how we can handle um, the individual effects in our lives. And please share what God has given us the revelation. Yeah, thank you so much. Before I share the revelation, I would love to read what is written in Second Chronicles 7, ongoing uh, in verse 14. After the, all the diseases God explained that will come, there it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their lands. What a promise. He not only shows us what is the problem, but he also brings the solution. And as Leo said, there is a collective sin and there is sin that is individual. And as he mentioned, we started to walk uh, last year for some hours, two hours, maybe some days of the week. And then because really last year, 2020, had a lot that we had to confront, a lot that was uh, overwhelming, a lot that was stressing. Also, we were hurt in our hearts for the circumstances or from each other or whatever. And then we started this walking and we were talking about what is inside of us, what is going on inside of our hearts. We were very honest and uh, we were very clear with our words what was inside of us. But on the way back, we walk for one hour, one way, and then on the way back, we specifically prayed 
for what we just were speaking about, what we were talking about. We were inviting the Holy Spirit to fill that void in our heart, to fill that hurt in our heart. And this was so amazing. This is where healing starts. When we start to, to be very specific what is going on inside of us and not just do like nothing happened, not just pretend as everything is right or um, you know, you get hurt and speak about it and not only speak about it and, and pay attention where you speak about it, but when you spoke before God and when you put out your heart be before God, what bothered you, what hurt you, what stresses you, then also pray specifically about that he fills that void in your heart. And this keeps us going. This makes us smiling because he is the God of miracles and he's the God who heals us. As Leo mentioned, 80% of, of our sickness is because not of our body, because of what is going on inside of us. And we don't speak about it. We don't uh, mention it. We don't articulate it. And then it starts growing inside of us. And you may know the saying, it gives me headache or it's like a stone in my stomach. And we don't mean it literally, but it has a connection. What is going on inside of us affects, has an effect of our health. And this is what we really were doing ongoing and still are doing. We pour out our hearts before each other and before God. And not only that, but then we invite him, we pray for healing for this situation that were hurtful, that were stressful, and that were overwhelming. And then healing starts to take place. And most often before we can feel the hurt in our body, literally. And it says in James 5 verse 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This is the perspective we have. We pour out our hearts before God and we pray for each other for healing, especially for these things that, that disturbed us. And this is why we would love to have as a whole church prayer and fasting just in the beginning of the year, just in January, January, just in this week, we have a prayer and fasting week because we all need healing, because we all need breakthroughs, because our country needs breakthroughs. That's why we would like to start with each and everyone with prayer and with fasting in this week. This is the vision we have as an ISIF church. And Simon Lemley, he puts it in his own words on a video clip. January is like a new chapter. It's like unwritten paper. I love that. And in the past, I had breakthroughs through praying and fasting. Last year, I did the Daniel fast. That was powerful, but I had no concept of how to pray in that season. And this year, I'm really looking forward for these 31 different kinds of praying. Also, the audio podcasts, which I can listen in the morning or while I'm driving to work, just praying with the audio podcast and be part of the whole series we do as a church. We start today with the praying series, with the praying week, which I will be part as myself and with my small group. 
How powerful to start a year with a theory like that. Thank you so much, Simon. Hey, it's very important for me when we speak about healing, it's the collective effect of sin, of falling of men. We sometimes we do really nothing wrong, it just hits us as well. There's an effect. But individual effect of my own failures, it's, it's quite important. And I, I want to read you two quotes. And one quote is, you can only cure what you confront. You only can cure what you confront. With other words, if you have this mirror moment and you, God gives you the revelation, you can only be healed if you do something with the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to share with you a very honest um, uh, story. Um, my mom, she, she passed away some month, uh, almost a month ago. She's 86 years old, a believer. And she had the tendency of, of mourning and complaining a little bit. And as older you get, you're losing the filter. What you think you will say straight. That's when you, when you meet old elderly people, uh, they're not, not, not only full of wisdom, but they're also very honest. They just say what they think, what, what they feel. And my mom was in that age. We came home and she said like, boom, bash, dach, boom, bash. No filter, nothing. And sometimes it was very painful. And some month ago, she was in the hospital, hospital and she was together with another lady. And that lady, she complained from the morning till evening, nonstop. And my mom had that moment said to her, stop it, it's enough, I cannot hear it anymore. She freaked out in the hospital. And that was for her a Holy Spirit moment when God gave her the revelation, you are the same. You complain as well, the whole entire day. And when we met her some a week later, she never complained. She was positive. She said, I'm so grateful about God. I'm so grateful about my health. I'm so grateful about you guys. And we thought, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then she shared the story with us. She made a decision from now on, I will not complain anymore. Sometimes we need a shocking moment. That we realizing I have a blind spot and that blind spot was always in the mirror. And when my mom shared the story, I had the Holy Spirit moment too. Because I belong to those people I can mourn, I can complain. And then God gave me the revelation that you're the same like your mom. It was for me like because mourning, complaining creates a negative atmosphere. Robs you to sleep, robs you to joy, robs you to faith that God can do and will do everything. And it had an effect on my health as well. And what I love about this message may be quite simple. But ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything what I do wrong? It causes some issues in my life or also some sickness. Hey, there is a, another quote. I would love to read it you guys, and that quote is for me as a pastor, the most important quote, how I see you. <laughs> the church is a hospital for sinners and not a museum for saints. That means, hey, sorry, uh, often people say, the church, that's the place of everyone. Is No, we have everyone. We love the Lord. We are saved. We are redeemed. We are sons and daughters of Christ. Our names are written in the book of life. We belong to God, but there's always a but. That doesn't mean we are perfect. We're doing something, things. It's not okay. I would love to close the message with a story from the Bible about how you can be healed 
or you run away from God or you run to God. When Jesus Christ selected the 12 disciples, he prayed the whole entire night to choose the right people. He chose Judas Iscariot. And Judas had an issue about money, had some money problems. And I want to ask you, if you're leading a company or whom will you hand over your budget, the money, to the best people you can trust? Jesus handed over the whole entire budget and money to Judas. But he had a money problem. He had a weakness. He stole money. And have you ever wondered why in the world has Jesus entrusted the money into the hands of Judas? He gave Judas actually that moment where he can have a reflection of his own heart. Judas could say, hey Jesus, just by the way, that's my weakness. I need healing. I need redemption. I need forgiveness. Jesus gave Judas the moment, the opportunity to be changed and be healed. And instead of being healed, he betrayed Jesus and he ran away from Christ and he killed himself. What, what is the link to, to my life? A lot of people, you have hidden issues. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. The trouble I do, nobody knows about my problems. So we are so good in hiding things and never bring the fish on the table. That's a Swiss quote, a fish on the table. Speak about it. Be honest. When you're honest, you give Jesus the opportunity for healing, for redemption, for a change. Peter, Judas could be changed, but he ran away from Christ. Peter, a disciple, he belonged to the closest circle. He had some fear of men. And when Jesus died, he was in the, by the fire. And a guy came and said, are you not a disciple of Christ? And Peter said, no, I never met that guy. I never heard about that dude. Three times, Peter denied Jesus. Jesus approached Peter. And the Bible said, when Jesus approached Peter, after he denied him three times, Peter had, like Judas, the mirror moment. It was obvious the failure, what obvious what caused him to run away. And the Bible said, Peter cried. He could not stop and said, Jesus, you know, I love you. I am so sorry. And then Jesus said, Peter, I hand over my church to you or the rock. On your rock, I will build my church. One guy, he ran away and was be killed. The other guy said, when I watch in my mirror, I'm a, I'm, I failed, but forgive me. And he was healed, restored, and Jesus handed over the church. What is the point? If you're married, before you married, you were single. You had your whole your life together. But when you married, God entrusts you a wife, and with the wife, all your weaknesses, boom, it's on the table. If God entrusts you children, your weaknesses, boom, it's on the table. If God hands you over leadership, if you take over leadership, your weaknesses will be seen for everyone. Have you ever thought about it? Ask your kids, ask your wife, they can say, yeah, that's right. You don't have one blind spot, you have blind spots. 
That means the moment that God hands you over a blessing, the money for Judas, the closest circle for Peter, you a wife or a man, a company or children, you will have always this mirror moment when God gives you the revelation. Oh my gosh, you can either run away from God, then you are killed, or you run to Jesus and healing starts there. Hey, I love the Bible verse and I want to close with 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. <laughs> no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. I love that. God knows the level. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide. God provides a way out so that you can be endured it. Hey, check out. The load, the revelation that God gives you, it's not, it will not kill you. It's always, in my case, God gave me the revelation, you mourn and you complain. This is enough for the next couple of weeks. And I will work on it, I will pray on it, I will fast on it, and I will go for a breakthrough. In closing, I give you a, an idea how I do it. You know, fasting and praying it's, it's not so easy, but it's very effective. I bought for myself a one meter tea. One meter tea. And I love it because every morning uh, I will drink tea, I pray to God and I ask for a breakthrough and I love the picture of I drinking one meter tea for a breakthrough. And the Bible says what you believe, the level of faith you have determines actually also the healing. And I'm very eager to say, I will not mourn and complain anymore. That is not a part of my life anymore. And I will pray as long until I receive a breakthrough. And I want to challenge you right now, when you're going to a fasting season and God gives you the mirror moment and God gives you revelation about certain things you can change, then do it in a very creative way, in a way you've never done it before. And I'm smart. I bought my two best friends also a one meter tea, the same. I gave it to them and said, hey, from more, tomorrow on, let's drink the one meter tea together. Let's pray together. Let's fast together. And let's win together. And I love that. Just find a way to win that the healing things will take place in your own journey.